We're not going to keep you too long this morning, but I do have a, a word to share. Amen this morning with you. Hallelujah. Turn with me to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 47. Ezekiel, chapter 47. Hallelujah. Well, if you find your place there, say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So this was our last offering for this 2023. So is this my last message as well? Amen. Somebody say, keep on moving on for God. Tell them, don't stop. Keep on moving on for God. Amen. You know, this is not a, you know, I didn't really try to find a New Year's message or whatever. This is just something the Lord placed on my heart. How many of you are ready to move to the next level? A new phase spiritually. You might be ready to move. You might not. You might be hesitant uh, for whatever the reason, right? But I'm talking to the one who's ready to move to the next level. A new phase. Somebody say ankle deep. deep. Knee deep. deep. Waist deep. deep. Too deep. deep. Yeah. You know, a lot of the times if you, and I'm still learning this, you know, I'm, I'm not there yet. I have not apprehended like Paul says. But you know, your life as a believer is always in a place of always learning. Right? We never stop learning. As we teach, we preach, we continue to learn ourselves. Right? We study the Word. We have uh, men and women of God that we're connected to. That we try, we, we stay in the same flow as them. Right? The Word and the Spirit. And as, you, as many of you know, Pastor Nancy is our spiritual mom. So we, we flow with that flow. Right? With the flow, and, and, and when you flow with that flow, you, you, um, there's some benefits that come with that when you connect yourself with these kind of men and women of God. <coughs> when you honor them, right? You honor them, you pray for them, you sow into their lives. What you're saying is, I'm honoring this individual because there's something that God has placed in them that I need. For where God is taking us to. 
And without that, then we cannot go where God's taken us to, right? So we're learning how to become more skillful. We, we, we're learning how to become more effective. We, we're learning how the life of a believer, is, you never stop learning. Amen. The moment you start, stop learning, you stop growing. Amen. So we don't want to be caught in a place where I know everything, right? Remember when you were 16, right? You thought you knew everything. And you're still in mommy's house. Amen. But I don't want to go there. I'll backtrack. But for the ones who are ready to move to the next level, the new phase, a lot of times, if you quietly listen to your spirit, right? Your spirit. Instead of your head, your natural mind, or your mental arena, your spirit will oftentimes know things way before your mind does. When it's time to move on to the next level or to the next phase. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen. Yeah, the Bible says, for as many that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So the sons of God predominantly are led by the Spirit of God. And how we are led by the Spirit of God is by the inward witness of the Holy Spirit. Right? And it takes, it takes waiting and listening. You know, and in the, this busy world that we live in, there's a lot of voices that are speaking to us. Right? Trying to impose things, trying to dictate to us, do this or do that, or go here, do this, you know. And when we have um, important decisions that we have to make, we have to learn to li listen to the right voice that will take us to the, the right, that will take us to the right place, right? To see those, whatever those th things that we are believing God for, that we will experience those things. And we don't want to listen to the voices that, that may deter us from following the will of God or the plan of God for our lives. Amen. We don't, want to, we, we don't want to end up shipwrecked someplace or hurt or, you know, get, it, get into a place that we, we, we did not want to get into. So it's so important to listen to the voice of God within you. Each one of you who have been born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, you have the Holy Spirit within you. God's guidance system, his navigating system within you. And we have to learn to listen, right? To be still and know that he's God, right? And to hear his voice, right? To be able to, to, be able to silence all the clutter and all the other voices. To be able to hear his voice loudly. It's possible. It's available. But it's not automatic. But it's possible. So your spirit will know some things way before your mind does. When it's time to move on to the next level, to the next phase. But in saying that, attached to moving on to the next level, to the next phase, with it comes much more responsibility and accountability as well. See, for the one who hears what I'm saying and knows that they're ready for the next level or the next phase, it's not something that just 
presented itself for anybody. But it's for the one who has been faithful. It's the one who has been loyal. It's the one who has sown their time and, and, and spent time in the word and spent time worshiping God and did his due diligence spiritually. It's like you've you been on your job, right? You, you work at a place for years and the boss watches your life and you clock in early and you clock in late. But most people, they clock in late and they leave early. But you don't do that, right? He watches you, the integrity of how you deal with people, how you deal with situations, your faithfulness of being there every single day. And he watches your life. Day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. And he says, this person is valuable to me. He has proven him or herself. And I'm going to promote them. And that's the same thing spiritually. So moving to the next level is not automatic. But it's available to the one who is committed, the one who has taken on the responsibility. You know, I shared this uh, weeks ago, when the Lord spoke to me. When the Son of Man comes to this earth, will he find faith on this earth? And that's a question that we have to answer for ourselves individually. But I believe that when Jesus comes, he will find faith here at Faith Family Maui. And what he was implying to me personally was, when I come to this earth, will I find my faithful ones doing what I've called them to do faithfully? Amen. Are you doing what God has called you to do faithfully? Or are you a wall? Oh, you know what? I know God told me to do this, but you know what? I'd rather do this. You know, we were, we had our pastors, um, we have a pastor's meeting every month. There's about 10, 12 of us who meet from different denominations. But we all support each other. And... Um, In, in this, in the crisis that happened in Lahaina, the, our families that lost homes, devastation, heartbroken. These men, these men and women that sat amongst the table, was amazing because each church. When the need arose, they hit the ground running before any other organization thought about helping. So as I'm sitting with these men and women, I'm going, wow, God, what a privilege to sit among these men and women. Each of their church was an impact to the community of what they were doing of how they were helping 
in their own way what the, what the Lord had called them to do with their own personal resources that they had. No state or federal subsidy. It was all their own subsidy. And they used it. And they rallied around together to help and assist the residents of Lahaina in whatever way they could. And I remember sharing, I was sharing with them, I said, you know what? I was seeing this one do that, and I was seeing this one do that, and I was seeing this one do that, which is amazing. And sometimes, I said, sometimes you look at that, and you can get into a performance attitude that I got to do that too. I got to do something just as comparable as what they're doing of making an impact. But I said, you know what? The Lord told me, this is what we are going to do. You guys, God has called you guys to do that, but this is what God has called us to do. And that's all I have to be faithful to, what he has called this church to do. We don't have to be doing that. We don't have to be doing that. We just have to do what God's called us to do. That's it. And that's what God's going to, that's what I'm going to stand before God and say, Herman, have you been faithful with what I called you to? Yes, I have. And wasn't our Christmas celebration amazing? I said, wasn't our Christmas celebration amazing? Some of you still eating color pig? I have a Lao Lao in the freezer right here. I don't want to see Lao Lao no more. Till next year. But you see what I'm saying? Yeah? So in the process of moving to the next level, right? All of these, we have to qualify what I'm saying. We have to qualify. And we know, we know what we've been doing, and we know what God's called us to do, and we know when we're doing it, and when we're not. You know, the Apostle Paul... You know, I share this every time I go into the prison, the men. The Apostle Paul says, when I was a child, I behaved and acted like a child. Right? Because that's what children do. They act like children, they behave like children. But I love this but. He says, but. When I became a man, I put those childish things away. Turn to the person next to you and tell them it's time to man up. It's time to woman up. It's time to be sober and to be present. It's time to be accountable. It's time to be responsible. These are words that we don't like to hear because it's hard on the flesh. You know, we want to do our own thing and come and go when I want. Do what I want. But you know, the Lord is a good God and everything he does is in decency and order. And he does it for our well-being. So it's time to take ownership of whatever the responsibility that may fall on your side as a man of God or a woman of God. Amen? So, 
This morning, I want to entitle, well, that was a, that was a long, right, introduction, right? So we're going to be talking about don't stop, but keep on moving on for God. Don't stop, but keep on moving on for God. Yeah. You know, sports trainers, the medical science, they say. You ever had somebody say they say and you don't know who they are? Well, I'm telling you who they say. The sports trainers, the medical science, they say one of the most important things to do in staying healthy and staying in shape is to exercise. Oh no, pastor's talking about exercise this new year. For some of us, not me, but for some who are, you know, making New Year's resolutions, right? Or you're going to do this and do that. They do work. Some some say they don't work. Within the first, after the first month, people stop doing whatever they said they were going to do regarding their New Year's resolution. But, uh, but I, I tend to disagree. Whatever you decide, if you're making a New Year's re- resolution, whatever it is, right, maybe eating healthy, staying in shape, whatever, it does work. If you work it. Just like the Word. The Word will work if you work it. And whatever resolution you make, that you are determined for your life, it'll work if you work it. The reason why it doesn't work is we fail. We give up, right? And we are not of those who give up, right? So sports trainers and medical science, they say that the most important thing to do in staying healthy and, and staying in shape is to exercise. And there's a whole other other things that we can add to that, right? But I'm just focusing on moving on, right? Exercise. By staying active. Initiating movement. <coughs> motion, right? Getting the heart pumping, getting the blood circulating, right? By walking, running, do whatever you do. Just keep on moving. What is that saying? A body in motion stays in motion, Right? So no, so no matter what age that you are, stay active, keep moving, and don't stop. Somebody say, keep on moving. Keep on, keep on keeping on. For God. How many of you know truth is parallel? What is truth in the natural is also truth in the spiritual. I'm going to connect this two. So we can say... Momentum, we talked about this a few months ago. Momentum is to initiate movement, right? Momentum is to initiate movement that exerts energy or force to something that's in a stationary or idle position. I think I used this example when I shared this. Years ago when we were growing up, my brother-in-law had a European car, 
Every morning we had to push, he had to push, push kick, kick start that car, right? Because he didn't want to fix whatever needed to be fixed. So every morning he'd wake us up, hey, can you guys push my car? He'd be in the car, right? Four of our brothers would be in the back, right? Early in the morning. And then we, you know, he had reversed the car, so the car was always reversed, so it would always go forward. You know, you don't want to park this way because you got to turn around. So he was always ready to go. We'd come behind, push, running down the block behind the car. And once we got the momentum going, boom, we kick start that thing, and the car would take off. And he'd be on his way to work. But the car was idle, right? It was a stationary position. But we had to exist, ex combine our force together to get this thing moving, right? And once we got it moving, we kept on moving so that it'll pick up speed so that he could kickstart it. You following me? Yeah. yeah. We're going somewhere. God's not going to move in your life in our church, whatever, unless we initiate movement. I love what Smith Wigglesworth said, and I probably shared this that same time. If the Holy Spirit does not, doesn't move me, I move the Spirit. If the Holy Spirit doesn't move me, I move the Holy Spirit. What a bold confession, right? And if you read, you read anything about Smith Wigglesworth, right? His life, his faith, he was known as the apostle of faith, right? There are seven documented uh, documentary that he had raised seven people from the dead. It is documented. So he should know something about moving the Holy Spirit, right? And when I read that about him, I was thinking, wow, you know... Um, I don't think you can jerk God around or jerk the Holy Spirit around, right? You know what I'm saying? But the Holy Spirit spoke something to me. He says, momentum. Momentum. God's word, spoken in faith, moves the Holy Spirit. Faith moves the Holy Spirit. Not your faith, but faith in God's word, spoken out of your mouth, moves the Holy Spirit. And that's what he was meaning. When the Holy Spirit doesn't move, I move him. Wow. With my words. Faith words. God's words. Mark Hacking said this, Faith will move God, faith will move mountains. Faith will not move anything until faith first moves you. Yeah. And you can reference that to Mark 11, 23, 22. Have faith in God. See, momentum is movement, right? Momentum is movement. It's evidence that there's still life. A couple months ago, Joy and I was in the backyard. There was a baby bird laying on the grass. The first thing I looked to see if there was any movement of that baby bird. There was no movement. So the baby bird was, was dead. 
was obvious. So we buried it, right? There was no movement. But now if there was movement, then it, it would tell us that the baby bird was still alive, right? So momentum is movement. It's evidence that there's still life. And where there's still life, there's hope. Not wishful hope, Bible hope, a favorable, confident expectation. And where there's still life, there's hope. And where there's hope, listen, where there's hope, there's a possibility, right? There's possibility to be revived. And where there's a possibility to be revived, to make alive again, there's a potential for a move of God like no other, but it starts with movement. Amen. Anybody listening to what I'm saying? We've got to keep on moving on for God. There's a song that we sing, Lord, I'm hungry for a mighty move of God. Lord, I'm thirsty. Pour out your Holy Ghost. Anybody hungry for a move of God? We've got to keep on moving on for God. Amen. In Ezekiel chapter 47, I'm reading this from the New Living Translation. And it says, in my vision, the man brought me back to the entrance of the temple. Then I saw a stream flowing east from beneath the door of the temple and passing to the right of the altar on its south side. There was stream flowing east from beneath the door of the temple, passing to the right side of the altar on the south side. There was a stream coming out from under the door, the altar. This man brought me outside the wall through the north gate and led me around to the eastern entrance. There I could see the water flowing out through the south side of the east gateway. Hmm. Now the water's flowing. Measuring as he went, he took me along the stream for 1,750 feet, and then he led me across. The water was up to my ankles. Everybody say ankle deep. <laughs> he measured off another 1,750 feet, and he led me across again. This time, the water was up to my knees. Everybody say knee deep. There's a progression going on. There's a level, there's a different levels that are happening. After another 1,750 feet, it was up to my waist. Then he measured another 1,750 feet, and the river was too deep to walk across. It was too deep enough to swim in, but too deep to walk through. He asked me, have you been watching, son of man? Then he led me back along the riverbank. When I returned, I was surprised by the sight of many trees growing on both sides of the river. Then he said to me, this river flows east to the desert, into the valley of the Dead Sea. Right? The Dead Sea. 
That's why it's called the Dead Sea. Nothing goes in, nothing goes out. Everything in, in it is dead. There is a high volume of salt. That's why there's nothing that can live in the Dead Sea. When you, when you go into the Dead Sea, it's a, you're, able to just, you're able to just float because of the salt that is able to cause you to be buoyancy. And the reason why it's the Dead Sea, because nothing goes in, everything goes in, but nothing comes out. So whatever goes in dies, but there's no life coming out of it. Right? That's why it's called the Dead Sea. Everything in the Dead Sea is dead. But notice what happens to the Dead Sea, right? This river flows into the Dead Sea. The waters of this stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. Everybody say, wow. wow. There will be swarms of living things wherever the water of this river flows. Fish will, be, fish will abound in the Dead Sea. For its waters will become fresh. Life will flourish wherever this water flows. Life will flourish wherever this water flows. Life will flourish wherever this river flows or touches. Amen. If you read that, you notice there was, there's a lot of movement going on. We can say the, the, the Spirit of God was moving in this text that we're reading. The ministry of the Holy Spirit. This, this, this vision is a clear picture of the Holy Spirit and His ministry. And it also shows different levels. Everybody say different levels. It also shows different levels that Ezekiel was willing to yield and commit himself to as he was being instructed and urged to move. Amen. Right? This man was urging him to move to the next level. He could have said, you know what? No, no, I don't want to go. But he complied. He yielded. Right? No doubt he might have had uncertainties. You know what? The ankle level, no problem. Right? This is easy. The knee level, no problem. It's easy. Now it's getting a little bit harder. It's getting to the waist. But it shows us that Ezekiel was willing to yield and commit himself to as he was being urged and instructed to move from ankle deep to knee deep to waist deep or too deep. And that's what God's leading us to, the too deep. If we're willing to go, if we're willing to pay the price, right? The too deep is, is Ezekiel is no longer in control of his life. But now the river is in complete control. Now when I talk about control, it's not a tyrannical control deal. But in each level, Ezekiel had to yield his will to the way and to the will of the river, the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. Amen. Right? And you know, in, in our lives, right, the Holy Spirit is inside of us. He is that river within us. Right? And what Ezekiel was showing us was a type 
a type of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. Amen. It's a type, a symbolism, and a picture of you as a believer. Of the different places that the Holy Spirit wants to take us into and experience. Yeah. Everybody say, keep on moving on to God. This vision really speaks volumes about our spiritual walk with the Holy Spirit and with the Lord. Of how, much we're, of how much we're willing to trust Him and commit to Him. How? By surrendering to Him. You see, the Holy Spirit will woo, He will call us, right? You ever had the Holy Spirit call you, Right? Anybody? Don't raise your hands. Right? But he woos us and he calls us in the most inconvenient times. Purposely. To see if we would put away what we're interested in at the moment and disregard what we're looking at and begin to regard him. And if we don't disregard what we're into, TV, we're watching TV. Not now, Holy Spirit. I'm watching the ball game. I mean, they're on the they're on the one yard line. Right after they score, I promise. We'll get together. You just missed an opportunity. You just missed an opportunity right there. He's not going to wait for you. And you want to move deeper. I remember years ago, I was believing God for certain things to function in my life. And I was praying about it. I said, God, I want, this, I want this to happen. I want to flow in this. And I remember, I remember one, one time I had, a, I had a bag of uh, Reese's peanut butter cups. We all love Reese's peanut butter cups, right? Amen. You know, I can be really good in everything, once the Reese's peanut butter cup shows up, I'm done. So I'm, 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 I have this bag of Reese's peanut butter cup, and I'm tearing into it, like many of us do. And I hear the Holy Spirit says, you can't even control your appetite, and you want this? I says, ouch, I have no discipline to control how much I eat of this candy, and yet you want to have that? Bang! What a reality check, right? But now, I can have a Reese's peanut butter bag, 
It can be in the it can be in the fridge for weeks, months. I'll have one, two, whatever, but it does not have control over me. Because what I want from God is more important than a mere satisfaction of this. This is just temporary. For the moment. By the way, it's unhealthy too. Moderation. Everybody say moderation. moderation. But what God has for me, what I'm asking for Him is much more beneficial. Amen. Yeah. Can you see that? Anybody learning something this morning? Amen. We're going deeper. We're moving on for God, right? So it speaks volumes about our spiritual walk with the, with the Holy Spirit and with the Lord. How much we are willing to trust and commit to by surrendering to Him. Right? You see, the Holy Spirit will draw us to go more, to, to go and move further and deeper. From where we are in fellowship, in intimacy with Jesus right now. Right? But it doesn't have to stay there. What you have right now with Jesus is wonderful, it's beautiful, but there's more. There's more that he wants to show you of himself. But sometimes we get satisfied with the relationship. I remember years ago I met this uh, classmate and, and she was with her husband and she said, Oh, uh, Herman, yeah, uh, meet my old man. I said, your old man? Has relationship come too familiar that you're calling your husband your old man? Instead of, this is my husband? What if he called you, hey, Herman, look, this is my old lady. How would you feel? <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. We get too familiar. And sometimes we get too familiar with our relationship with Jesus. But Jesus wants to reveal himself even more to us. There's more. See, the closer we get to we get and want to get to him, right? The deeper he draws and moves us towards him. Because he says, hey, come, there's more. And I remember, um, I remember that, and still is, you know, I haven't arrived yet. And I remember always that there was a desire to draw near to God, right? Jesus, for myself. And the Bible says that God is light, and in him there's no darkness. In James, right? There's no darkness in God. God is light. His truth, right? His revelation, his everything, light. The epitome of light. 
And every time that I had a desire to draw near to God, because God is light, I would come to a certain point and the light would just show some things in my life. Not that God was exposing some stuff. It's just who he is. He's light. And I look, I go, oh, what is all this stuff? Light always reveals, right? So God says, look, I mean, you're perfect in Christ, right? We're perfect in him. But there's things that he's working in our lives to get rid of. And I go, oh, look at all this imperfections. The light of God is just showing all these imperfections in my life. The works of the flesh. And God says, uh, don't worry. Just give it to me. Let me deal with it. And then start walking forward some more. Don't let that hinder you. Yeah, it's all part of growth. It's all part of maturation. Right? Anybody following what I'm saying? We're moving on with God. We're going to the next level. Right? Like I said, it's, it's available, but it's not automatic. On his terms. It's interesting, interesting the vision that Ezekiel has. It starts with a trickle. Then it progresses to a stream. Then into a vast river. The stream becomes a river. Not because there was more water or because the force of the water changed from God's side, but because of Ezekiel's proximity. Everybody say proximity. proximity. Of where he was and where he, God was taking him to increase. Right? You see, we determine of how much of God's presence we determine of how much of God's glory, we determine of how much of God's power that we desire and can have. Like I said, it's available, but it's not automatic. Based on the quality of time we spend with Him, our proximity of how close of a relationship and fellowship that we desire and that we want to have with Him. Genesis, God met with Adam at the cool of the day. Every single day. God was the one who initiated the movement towards man. Every day. Now that we have been purchased by the blood of Jesus, we have been cleansed from our sins, we are sons and daughters of God, we can enter without fear, without trembling, into his presence. So now God says, now you can come and initiate movement with me. We can come boldly before the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. We can come boldly. We can initiate movement with God. And God welcomes it. Because we are sons and daughters. He is our father. You see, our relationship and our fellowship, we determine of how much 
of a fellowship we can have, of, of how great of a relationship we can have by the quality of time we spend with him, of what is on our hearts and mind continually. Bring that into a relationship of a, of a marriage, right? It's the same concept. Being around each other. In fact, so what is the saying that you you around that person so long you begin to look like each other. You begin to think alike. And those kind of, you, you begin to know each other's voice so well. And that, those kind of stuffs only come through fellowship from intimacy. So when the voice of God speaks and you've been practicing the presence of God and you've been practicing healing and you've been practicing worship, when the voice of God speaks in the midst of the crowd, I know that voice. I know that voice. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and a voice of a stranger I will not follow. Yeah. We can have casual deep Relationship, ankle deep. We can have a casual ankle deep relationship. We can have a knee deep relationship with God. We can have a waist deep. Or we can have a too deep. Amen. For us who have been filled with the Holy Ghost, right? The indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit. It's like drinking water, right? You drink water, you have water inside your belly. But now when you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, not only do you have water, but now the water or the Holy Spirit has you. And that's what He wants. He wants all of you. But it's up to us. We can have ankle deep relationship. We can have knee deep, waist deep, or we can have too deep. We get to choose. We get to decide. You know, if a friend called you, a really great friend called you, you haven't seen or heard from for years, and they're coming from the mainland, they call you. And they say, hey, I'll be on the island such and such a time. Haven't seen you for a while, and you're excited. And they say, well, can we set some time apart when we get settled in on the island, maybe set aside at some time we can get together, right? Just reminisce and catch up. Which is fine, which is great, wonderful. But if you tell that individual, yeah, we can meet, meet on so-and-so date, but I only have half an hour. 
That's not too much time, right? To catch up for all those years. Half an hour. But if you tell that person, you know what? I don't have nothing to do the whole day. Let's just take the whole day and hang out. Now you're giving that individual a whole bunch of time. Right? Now bring that into your relationship with Jesus. Well, Jesus, you know what? I only got half an hour. That's all I got. What kind of relationship would that be? Per se, you know what, Jesus? I'm all in. I'm here. I'm ready to hang out with you. How many of you know you can be at work and you can be hanging out with Jesus? Hanging out with Jesus is not isolated in church or one specific place. It's a way of life for you. We can be hanging out with Jesus when we're going down the mall, when we're at work, because you're aware of this relationship. You, you, you God conscience, you Christ, Christ-minded. And He knows that you are aware of Him. So what He does is you begin to sense a tangible presence upon you. Just to say, you know what? I'm here. Anybody get Anybody learning something today? We're talking about moving on with God. I'm not even halfway through, but anyway, we're going to find out. The captain's calling in at the airport. We're getting ready to land. I got the tires down already. I see the landing zone. We're coming for a landing. Hallelujah. Let me find a place to close. How many of you are ready to move to the next level? Yeah, let's just close this, Lord. Okay, I will. I will. You might be, I don't know, I'm just throwing this out. I might be wrong. You might be at ankle deep. You might be at knee deep. You might be waist deep. Right? But I can tell you, I'm not too deep. I'm not in the place of too deep. Honestly. But I got my eyes on that place of too deep. I'm not going to be satisfied with ankle, knee, waist. My eyes are set on the too deep. Because we are people of the spirit and of the word, right? We're raising up strong men, strong women, strong families in the local church to teach them how to flow in the spirit, the word in the spirit. And this is all part of it. God is a God of increase. Amen. And to, and to receive the word that we're, we're receiving and to allow the Holy Spirit to orchestrate our service in allowing Him to do what He wants to do, we have to be growing. We have to be increasing. If you're in this atmosphere of increase, you have to be increasing. 
You have to be applying what you're learning. Pastors can teach you what we learn from the Holy Ghost and we can give it to you. But you have to grab it for yourself and take ownership of it and say, Lord, I'm taking this and I'm applying it in my life. So I can grow. So I can learn how to flow with the Holy Ghost. I can learn how to be with the Word. And and this will be beneficial as a husband. It will be beneficial to me as a wife. It will be beneficial to my family. And I'll be beneficial to my community. I'll be an asset. Because I, I have the Holy Ghost. And if I have the Holy Ghost, then the spirit of wisdom is inside of me. I might not know the answer right now, but if I tap into that supply of the Spirit of God, I will know. Because what He knows, He'll let me know when He's ready. And when I know, I'll let you know. And what He knows will be so simple, but so profound. You say, why didn't I think of that? Because you're not him. And, and he's inside of us. We don't have to look out here. We just have to look inside of here, the river inside of us. Jesus said, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me. Come to me. And out of his belly, out of his inner man, his spirit, shall flow rivers. Everybody say rivers. Rivers of living water. The same river that Ezekiel saw, God took that river and put it inside of you. You don't have a stream. You don't have a trickle. You have a river inside of you. And wherever that river went and touched to you, see, the more we crucify our flesh, the more the river becomes greater. The more the river is able to use us. The more the Christ life, the Christ life is able to live in and through us. The Christ life. When we die to ourselves, we crucify our flesh, river can live and be freely through us. That's why the river went from a trickle to a stream to a river. Because he began to yield himself in each level. He began to yield himself so that the river began to increase, 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 increase. God told me the other day that there is an anointing of increase. that he wants to release this morning. What you have been doing now, God's going to place an increase on that. You don't sound excited. (laughs) Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll receive that. I'll receive that. I'll receive that. Hallelujah.
Let's do this real quick. You know, if I went, when I stepped into this church this morning, and I went by my feelings, I wouldn't be here this morning. Praise the Lord. But God has, God has had an excitement.